I know the DJ. Do you? Welcome to episode 31 of But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of host Snacks. Give me Snacks, baby. AKA Snacks Lemon, powered by Dope Entertainment and our sponsor, Anchor. As always, I want to shout out our Black-owned business of the week, Loving Me Books. Angela Nesbitt, a registered behavioral therapist, created Loving Me Books to bring parents and children books with more diverse characters and storylines you can buy from her online stock. But she also provides services to schools, daycare centers, and book fairs. Check them out at lovingmebooks.com. Now I'd like to welcome our guest for today's episode. Longtime Boston promoter for some of the most illustrious nights, including the longest running Saturday in Boston. We welcome Riz in the building. Yo, what up? What's good, bro? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. A guy who has been busy through all of all of COVID, all of quarantine, which not a lot of people can say. Yeah, I had to stay busy. You know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And, Absolutely. you know, I just... Uh, Absolutely. I basically... I live in New Hampshire now, and New Hampshire was pretty much... Mm-hmm. I don't really know if they ever really shut down, to be right. honest with you. But right. uh, I took advantage of living in New Hampshire and mm-hmm. moved mm-hmm. some promotion stuff up there, did yeah. some spots the spot called whiskeys mm-hmm. which was pretty good uh and now thursday's at smoke and flame yeah yeah and and i think anyone can kind of say obviously boston market in a place like new hampshire or anywhere like kind of in northern new england you know the the quality just in terms of what's available um differs right yeah for sure how was you know how did that cha- kind of change your approach on uh these new venues or these new markets uh well you know i'll be honest with you uh new hampshire's a lot cheaper mm-hmm. than Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot easier to get people out to New Hampshire. Mm. You wouldn't think it. I mean, maybe it was a lot easier because everything was closed in Boston. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, you get you get bottles out in New Hampshire. You know, a bottle of Tito's in New Hampshire is 180 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, at, yeah. at, compared to Boston where it's, it's like 400. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. 350, 400. Um, yeah. So the market's always there. It's just... You know, giving the people something that they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people go out there, you know, you spend four or $500 in Boston, you get one bottle, you spend four or $500 in New Hampshire, you get three bottles. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. So it's one of those things. You just kind of adapt to it. And, and honestly, uh, my Thursday night is, is at Smoke and Flame, and it's literally... 30 seconds over the Massachusetts border. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's right. You can walk into Drake it from where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's, very true. It's in Pelham, but it's it's pretty much mass. It's like barely in Pelham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's barely there. Yeah, yeah, And uh, was how much of the fear of being like, oh, like, will people drive up here? Was there when you first started uh, moving into uh, doing nights in New Hampshire? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I was just kind of like, all right, if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, I tried, and I understand that people don't want to drive. But when I was doing whiskeys, and I was that's out in Manchester. Yeah, that's a solid ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and people were driving it because people wanted to go out. Yeah, you know, and 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 the the thing was is there was nothing for people to go out to in Mass. Yeah, in Rhode Island, everything was closed. So the only place that you could go is New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, people were taking that 50-minute, hour 
drive to Manchester just to go out, just to get a nightclub fix or just to feel regular. Some of the people just wanted to feel regular and be like, listen, you know, like I'm out, you know, and the fear of COVID is there, but I guess we're all adults. We can all make our own decisions. And if you want to go out, just know that, you know, you might expose yourself and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You saying getting that nightclub fix, uh, you were... Well, you know, one of the few gigs I, I had over COVID, you know, at whiskeys and everything sure. like that. And like, I had that feeling. Where, Try to keep you busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pre- and I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, like driving up, I was like, like I was dressed up for once. Like, yeah. you know, I had my hair, don't have cologne on. I was like, what? Like I definitely felt it walking in saying hi to bartenders for the first time in however long. Right. And then, and that night was like a real, real night. You know what I mean? Cause like. You know, even in in Boston, like there were still some restaurants getting away with maybe like a brunch or something, but being able to have entertainment, but everyone's sitting down and like, you know, so I was super used to that. And then being able to see like girls twerking on walls again, like dudes like trapping out and stuff. Like I had so many moments that night where I was like, wow, like I really forgot what this was like well listen it, you know that that was good when you came up but you, i gotta get you at uh smoke and flame because now i mean obviously boston opens up this saturday but smoke and flame has been um three weeks now three or four weeks now no masks you mm-hmm, know just mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. when new hampshire dropped that mask mandate it changed the game it's been normal you yeah. know it's i walk in with my mask and steve is like you know what, what do you have your mask on for <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. nature of habit you know right I mean? no of it's course good. you do it for a year and yeah. like yeah yeah i i was uh in new hampshire uh just over the weekend and same thing like i went to go get like pizza and i was like because i knew it wasn't you didn't need it but i was mm-hmm. still like how real is it i guess you know what i mean especially with like private uh oh, businesses it's like, real you know what i mean and i walk in i'm like Looking around, I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, like, take it off. yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things, like, right over the, right over the border, and yeah. I'm like, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I always, I'll keep my mask in my pocket just in yeah. case because I hate taking that walk back to yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I and have you. to get your mask. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most of the places now in New Hampshire, besides like, um, <clears throat> Hannaford's and stuff like that, like the bigger private businesses, most of the places are all like. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Home Depot. I went into Home Depot the other day. I actually went into Market Basket in Salem, and Salem is no masks, mm. no matter what. So, like, I went in there, and you know, people have their masks on. I don't have my mask. You get a couple looks here and there, but yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it's like it is what it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, now that you know, as you mentioned, the Boston about to open up. Uh, by the time this episode drops, we would have gone over the the weekend that everyone's kind of been waiting for in boston um so we might be kind of talking out of date when people hear this but uh what do you expect to happen i think it's going to be i think boston's going to be a zoo (laughs) i think everybody's going to try to get out i think everybody's going to want to get out and you know like this is basically your a caged animal yeah for a year and some change and now finally the cage is open right you know so whether it's restaurants i bet you all the restaurants are going to be booked crazy up. yeah you yeah, know yeah. i bet you that you're not going to be able to get reservations anywhere i you know it's it's going to be all right let's go out to eat all right where are we going after this let's like yep. let's make it a night now I don't know if Boston still has the 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock curfew or something like I th- that. They're, they're, they're lifting that. Well, they've already lifted that. Okay. I was just at Bodega last week and we went to, to, mm-hmm. to what do you go to one or two or we yeah. went late. 
Late. Um, yeah. So I forgot what it was. It's um, one of those things where, all right, where are we going after this? Where right. are we going? Now people can actually go out and enjoy themselves, go out and. That was the big places. thing because even when they were, you know, lifting some restrictions here and there, there was still the you have to make a reservation where, like, you can't have that spontaneous night where you start, right. have dinner, have one too many drinks, and it's like, oh, let's go to another spot. And then another. That was just not a thing. And you have to buy food everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was that was always the I stupidest still thing don't to understand me. That. Yeah, that you was. You have to buy food. That was always the stupidest thing to me. I, I, I went out to the North End, and, uh, you know, I wanted to have a day, and I'm like, all right, start at Strega, and then mm-hmm. you get, and I'm like, hold on, let me plan this because let me just get appetizers because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go to the next spot. You got to eat everywhere. Yeah, for me, like, somewhere I had to try to have a day like that, and I was like, let me call the next four spots and just, like, get a name in just yeah. in case I do want to end up going, and then I don't get fucked out of, like, being able to, to go right. inside and even make a reservation or anything. I think it'll be good, though. I think it's it's something that we've been waiting for, obviously, for over a year, and we're, uh, I mean, I've stayed busy, so it's kind of mm-hmm. different for me because I've been out and I've been doing my thing, but mm-hmm. I think people that haven't um have been taking the time to take it off you know then yeah. they're excited to get back to things and you yeah. know it's one of those uh one of those things where the doors are finally open mm-hmm. so let's take a, a step back here uh how long have you been quote unquote in the game uh for more than 15 years i started about uh when i was like 20 21 years old uh started back in like Lansdowne street uh back when at, it was like a thing yeah <laughs> at, at access and avalon and all that <clears throat> um started with uh dj hectic and basically it was one of those things where uh i was getting in and out of trouble you know and i was like i had to make changes and hectic was djing at the time and i was just like listen like uh what if i just promoted for you mm-hmm. like I don't know, just, you know, I think it would be cool if I promote for you and figure this out, you know, and he was DJing, he was actually opening for uh, Master Millions at, at Access, and we we submitted a guest list, and then we kind of came up with, um, you know, 235, we started a partnership, uh, and then we were doing it ever since, you know, mm-hmm. Um now, now, heck is running the partnership. I'm doing more independent things. I'm going to be doing like more boat cruises, more promotional things. Heck Dope. is going to be doing more of like the music and stuff like that with uh, with two, three, five. Uh, but it was it was definitely a, an awesome run that we had for 15 plus years. Uh, we had Ezra involved. Uh, he used to work for Jammin. He was a good uh, VIP host. We done a bunch of parties, and you know we venue we used to do rumor back in the day which is now icon yep cure back in the day which is now hava mm-hmm. so <clears throat> actually where we started was uh bijou it used to be called this spot called europa and That's, is that where uh paul pierce got stabbed yeah, yeah it was before so it was called buzz when he got stabbed that's right that's right that's right and then that's right. they changed it to europa and we used to do a um reggae versus reggaeton sundays fire and uh that's where and at that time, that's when like that shit was really popular. Yeah, too. like the Dembo and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so yeah, so it was it was a great run. It was it was awesome. You know, uh, couldn't ask for better business partners with it, with it. A lot of business partners don't get to say they go fifteen years Definitely. together. Yeah, you for know. Sure. Um, but you know, obviously within the industry and everything, things change, and you know, different different moves get made. And um, but yeah, it was it's. We're still working together. We still work together. I think Heck, Heck is actually opening up uh, Saturday at Venue. 
Mm-hmm. So he's he's the resident over there. Yep. And um, yeah, it was we did boat cruise. The boat cruises we've done were crazy. You know, some good times. And uh, I love asking people who have been in the game for a while, like, what are some of the the changes or eras or however we want to call it of Boston nightlife over the years that that like major changes or shifts that you've seen. Uh, the changes, yeah, it's definitely attire. There was mm. definitely a stage where the Ed Hardy stage and the Christian <laughs> Arge and all that yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that was and that was a, a and like women's stage. makeup and hair too yeah. was like all weird and like crazy. Yeah, in terms of music, you know, back in the day, it was. I feel like now it's more like hip hop influenced, uh, hip hop and Latin. I don't know if that's just like my nights where mm-hmm. it's like that. Um, where I do more of like the urban nights and stuff like that. But I, I think that uh, back in the day when we used to do Rumor, it used to be more like um, EDM, vocal house and stuff like that with hip hop mixed in, but it was mm-hmm. more top 40 type of thing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's just kind of you, you got to go through your transitions. If you're going to be a staple in nightlife, you got to understand what your clients want. You know, if your clients are coming out, spending money on tables and they want to hear hip hop, you got to play hip hop. Right. You know, so right. it's, it's one of those things where it's it is what it is. But it, if you don't like it, then maybe you shouldn't be promoted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even me, I, I've run into promoters that were like, <sighs> oh, no, 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 like, don't play any of that shit. And I'm like, dude, like. This is the hottest shit that's out right now. Whether it is, you know, like we've seen like over the last like two years, like the rise of like, like very Dominican uptown yeah. vibe, like uh, the Dembo and stuff like that. Like, you know, you might not understand it. It might not be kind of natural to you, but it's what the fucking people want. You know yeah. what I mean? And and you saying that, you know, you're having to evolve with your clients, you know, because um, as we know with nightlife, like the kind of age range remains the same as even we get older. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so being able to stay in touch and uh being able to understand what they want is, is something that has i'm sure has right. uh, worked well for your longevity yeah i mean <clears throat> me being i'm 35 now so like what i noticed too is is a lot of my um older clients are now table spenders you know mm-hmm. they're not coming they in money and yeah they're not coming in just to sit at the bar type of thing uh they they come in Riz, I want a table. Like, I'm not sitting at the bar. I don't want to wait for my drinks. I want to have a bottle and just chill out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have your your younger your bachelorette parties, birthday parties that are maybe not as much to spend as much money, but want to come in and just have a great time on the dance floor and just dance, you know? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to balance what you have. Mm. Has there ever been a point where you're like, fuck, like, I'm getting old or fuck, I'm getting out of touch? Have there ever been those points that kind of, not scared you, but like maybe maybe kind of yeah, reflect a little bit more. Sometimes you always gotta you know sit back, reflect, and know what your value is on things. I think that is uh, one of the reasons why I started Smoking Flame Thursdays. You know, Two Lit Thursdays at Smoking Flame is is I wanted to see what my value was in mm. terms of uh, nightlife promoter. Do people still follow me? Can I still bring people? You know, is my name still out there? I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a hit. I wasn't sure if it was going to flop, but I knew it's something where I needed to do just to see what my value was because if my value is not there anymore, then maybe it's time for me to step back, you know? Yep. Obviously, it's turned into one of the hottest Thursdays in New England right now, you know? Even with things opening up, I think it's still going to be a crazy, you know? I have I have Camillo booked. 
in June out there. I have Spin King booked. I just had Spin King yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, place only holds 150 people, you know, and, and I'm bringing these big DJs out, and these big DJs are like, dude, this, this spot's dope, <laughs> you know? And, and when you talk to guys like that who are so used to giant spots and, like, crazy spots, do you have that conversation where, like, yo, it's a little bit different, it's smaller? Like, what is that conversation like? Yeah, I'll I'll let them know. I'll be like, listen, it's not anything like crazy. Like you know, Spanking's done Bijou and and venue and stuff like that. And I'm like, listen, it's not like that. It's a hookah spot. Like you're gonna have, you know, I'll get you your hookah. You have a couple hookahs, a couple bottles, and I'll have a table for you. You know, but what I do is so on Thursdays it's kind of table heavy because mm-hmm. people want to have a table so they can have their hookah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in order to have a table i have to you have to buy a bottle so i do 22 23 tables on Thursdays you know just by myself you know and it sells out all the time there's not a thursday that there's a table open and <clears throat> when i talk to these dj's i'm be like listen it's going to be a lit night but it's not going to be a huge nightclub. Right, it's, it, right. And they don't care. They raise as long as the money's straight. I don't care. You, know, <laughs> yeah, you could yeah, have yeah. two people in there as long as the money's straight. Right, you right, know right. what I mean? Like, that's it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's how it is. And they all understand. I've been booking them for years. So they all know right. that I'm like, I'm good right. with everything. You know, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> obviously a lot of, uh, DJs in Boston, big mouths, like to say a lot of things on social media and everything like that. Mm. And as someone who is, you know, does have control of bookings for a very popular night like your Smoking Flame on Thursdays, where when you start booking out-of-state DJs or or, or talent that isn't, you know, local, do you do you ever feel, uh, you know, kind of a responsibility to kind of give back to your the city that you that you're from or that you've always worked in to be able to put them into work, or are you like, uh, this is my night, I need to book whatever works for me. Uh, I kind of take it in stride. Uh, I always want to support the local DJs first, but I know that I always have to invest in my night. And in getting these big DJs are an investment in the night where it's going to continue the night for the local DJs. And basically, they know that, all right, Thursdays, where are we going? Smoke and Flame. We know it's going to be hot music. They might not even have me on Instagram. Don't even know who the DJ is, but... They know that I'm going to have a dope DJ. The word travels. Yeah, so the mm-hmm. word travels, you know. And and I'll be honest with you, you know, like a spot like that, you know, you, you, you can you could do some damage with a, you know, with a good DJ because it's such a small. It's intimate. Yeah, so like there's people there that are like, all right, they got their hookahs, they got their bottles, it's a good vibe. All you need is a good DJ. You don't have to have a big name DJ every every week as, as long as you have a good DJ providing good music. It's not a spot where if you lose it like venue, they'll walk out of the room and go to the Latin room and right. your dance floor will be cleared. Right, right, You know, like that spot, it's not, you can't walk anywhere, you know, right, so it's right, going right. to be packed regardless and also having that uh you have to have a bottle you have to have a hookah to sit that, that kind of locks you in as well even yeah. if it is shit you know yeah for whatever reason um which is which which is interesting i mean because i heard that that's how it was and you know obviously understood like you know steve's gotta you know cover his ass too you know what i mean so if you're gonna do business you gotta make it a certain way um and a part of me was like surprised that like damn like just i guess maybe i'm so used to like 
people pre-COVID being so cheap all the time, like mm -hmm. trying to get in for free and all that stuff, where I was like, oh, like, I wonder if that's going to work, like where you have to spend all this money just to, you know, to secure your spot. Um, but it seems like it's been going well. Yeah, I mean, we charge a cover too. Um, you know, when we have bigger DJs, when we have bigger DJs, you know, the cover's a little bit more. Um, but on a normal night, it's, it's $20, and people have no problem paying mm -hmm. it. You know, mm -hmm. there's not one issue at the door where someone's like, $20? Like, nope. People know the deal and just get right in, and they know they're going to have a great time. They know there's music's going to be there. Hookahs are really good there. They have all different types of hookahs there, and, you know, their bottles are, are fairly priced. So Yeah. How long do you think um, the whole, oh, I haven't gone out, for a, gone out for a year, like I need to go out all the time now, how long do you think that's going to live for? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be a rush for, like, the first month, and then I think uh, as things kind of progress, I don't know be honest with you i think i think the first month is going to be like crazy like yeah. restaurants nightclubs bars everything even with bruins going back at the yeah. garden it's going to be 100 percent capacity yeah and so, the playoffs come playoffs too right yeah they're in the second round yeah. so uh you know with them it's just going to be everybody's going to want to get out no masks you know people are going to Listen, when I, they told me I didn't have to wear a mask, I was like, yo, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Because and and it, I was just walking around the seaport on a Saturday or Sunday. It was hot as hell. Uh -huh. And I was like, damn, I forgot like what it's like wearing a mask in the summer. It's fucking hot. Like I'm sweating and yep. shit. It's itchy. Yeah, I'm so glad. Seaport was buzzing, though. Yeah, I think it was. I was, it I was, was down there on Sunday, too, and it was it Yeah, was yeah. The, uh, I think Black-owned Boston was doing a little, uh, they had like a... Like a flea market kind of thing yep. where they had a bunch of things and then they had a couple dj like my dj homies were there i just pulled up on them and just hung out buzzing bro like yeah. i couldn't get a park i had to go in the fucking lot and shit i was like god damn like it was but when you get a nice ass day sunday you know the week before the the, the city opens up fully yeah. like people starting to get ready I, like mm -hmm. if that was any indication of what this coming weekend's gonna look like it's, it's i definitely it's think crazy. the seaport will be super busy yeah down there um you know with all the rooftops and in the steakhouses down there and stuff but i think uh i it's going to be interesting to see how things play out mm -hmm. you know I, I don't know are people fully back to work yet like what's because i know that there's problems hiring you know and yeah a dude. lot of bars are having trouble hiring because these people are still getting their unemployment, yeah. getting their extra money on the unemployment. I think they just extended the three hundred dollars again. You know, it's tough. Like yeah. I, I talked to some people. Uh, I, I was uh, so in the beginning of COVID, I lost my my day job, and um, so I was you know collecting unemployment. But like for me, I, I struggled with uh, like I felt like I woke up every day with like no meaning. Yeah, like you know DJing was gone and whatever, and so it got to me mentally. And I was like, I was like, even if this money is like. It was about just as much as what I was getting with the day job, but I just wasn't do. I was just working out all day, yeah. Which is in a sense cool, but like again, mentally, I was like, I feel so useless, yeah. And so you know, got a new job, whatever, whatever. And I know some people that you know have just been kind of riding it out, you know, doing their thing. And and, and uh, I was like, oh, like I, I'm pretty sure they at one point they took away some money, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, but then they gave it back. And and I'm like, so how much are you making now? And they tell me they're making more than I am at my day job. It's crazy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And, so and, there's no incentive. Yeah, to there's go no incentive. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn. Like, I guess I would. Like, I don't know. For me, it was a little bit different. Like, I I, I just don't like waking up and being like, I have I could 
have nothing to do. Yeah, sleep till eleven. Yeah, 12 I, I don't like that life. I don't like that life. Yeah. And and uh, and I was like, but I guess if you are into it, like, why would you work? Yeah, again? exactly. Like, there's no incentive. Um, so yeah, like seeing all like the hiring flyers and and it's crazy because the the venue owners found it at the same time we did. Yeah. So to expect, like, I, I'm telling people opening weekend while it's going to be wild it's not going to be what you think it is because there's going to be clubs that can't open mm -hmm. how do you staff six eight venues and train them in two weeks it's, it's you can't do it luckily i think uh i think a lot of the staff is coming back to venue and in icon and in uh hava but i mean it's it's going to be tough you know because those people are getting that extra money and i think it at some point you got to kind of cut the <laughs> cut the umbilical cord or something you know what i mean like cut it out like you gotta yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. like like, right, like let's, come back to reality and get back to work yeah, here, yeah, yeah yeah you know um I, and another thing that it just blew my mind is is you know they pushed they just made an announcement pushed it out to august 1st then pushed it out to august 22nd or 23rd and then just like last week or the week, two weeks ago, they're, oh, no, we're going to go back 100% in yeah, two weeks. That was... So like, what the fuck changed yeah, in the matter dude. of the two weeks prior when right. you pushed it out three more months right. to, all right, we're just going to, we're just going to open full body. Yeah. Which just shows that, you know, obviously that when they made the, the August announcement, it was like absolutely zero merit, zero right. science behind it. Like I, I was, so w when I first heard the news, cause I was expecting it, I, I was expecting us to go into 2022, to be honest. Uh -huh. Like I was like big backyard summer, like fuck it. Like we'll enjoy it. We'll have a good time, beaches, whatever. And then when that announcement happened, I was like, I was really happy. Right. It, I was like, fuck August. Like shit. Like we're going to miss most of the summer, but like we'll have something fall, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of DJs like pissed. That it was August. And I was like, yo, like, I didn't think it was going to be any time soon. There's a light at the alone. end of the tunnel. Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I was super happy. And I, I say everyone everyone, everyone pissed. And I'm like, bro, I did ask that this was going to 2022. Like, yeah. whatever. And then the more I thought about it, well, the, when I got mad was when the mayor pushed it two or three more weeks. Or and I was like, okay, that is literally like. For nothing. Makes no sense. Like, yeah. like that is just some bullshit. Um, and then <clears throat> that Monday where they said the 29th of may i was like wow yeah like I, i'm crazy. just so curious on what the fuck changed yeah that you can bump it back up three months <laughs> yeah yeah, I just, yeah I mean, I, I it's all political shit yeah i would love to know what happens in those meetings yeah so but hey we're back you know it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a fun ride mm. you know it's gonna be an interesting ride to see how things pan out uh you know I, i'm interested to see how venue works out because yep. are people still afraid are people still sketched out about things um i don't think masks are going to be required at venue yeah i don't i don't think i don't think they are right yeah, yeah i think it's I all it's all i think they're well, gonna like like because private businesses still can do it but like i mean what, to, yeah. you know what i mean it's one of those things where it should give the person the choice yeah uh but other than that i think it's going to be a uh it's going to be a fun ride what do you think as the promoter you know someone who's uh, like running the event are there certain things that you're just approaching differently now you know post covid versus pre covid i think one of the um one of the things that i really found out that people really take advantage of is cash app 
Uh, mm, we yeah. never we never did that beforehand. It was always cash money. We never did credit cards or anything. It was always cash. But with Cash App, a lot of people now aren't carrying as nope. much money on them. Nope. You know what I mean? The only reason I do is because I get paid out of gigs in cash. Yeah. If, I, if it wasn't for that, I would not carry cash ever. Right. So, like, you know, that a lot of people, you know, even with, you know, other things, I used to have cash on me all the time, and I really don't have cash on me like that. And and I use you got Venmo, you got Cash App, yeah, like that's, all the time. That's what I you know. Yeah, I'll yeah, send yeah. you Cash App, you know. And I think that's going to be a main thing uh, when we come back, you know, where it's be like contactless pay type of thing, mm. where you can just scan it. Yeah, boom, yeah, yeah. And that's which, it. which you know, because I can't imagine how many people got turned away because. They were like, oh, like oh, I I'll, I'll cash out you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know. I think that I think that's really smart. I think that's a really good takeaway going into, yeah. You know, everything is just like revamped. Like, everybody has cash app. Yeah, every yeah, yeah. cash app a venue. Everybody has that. If mm-hmm. you have a bank account, you have one of the two. Exactly. Yeah, a thousand know? percent. That that's an interesting one. I uh, it's something I've thought about before because, um, I walked in with a friend who's like, yo, I don't, I don't have cash. I thought I, I can't just cash out them. I'm like, bro, you don't go out much, do you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's it's totally like yeah. I get I get more people at Smoke and Flame that pay in Cash App than I do actual cash. Mm-hmm. And you know? and and there's this uh, was it Live or Eleven that like you can pay in crypto? I think right. Oh really? Yeah. Like it's like there are other obviously you know other places, other markets and stuff that are like yeah way you know. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't that advanced out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So like. You know, hearing that, it's like, yeah, doing the ca- like the contactless pay, like you said, I think that's gonna, op- I think that's gonna make shit way smoother for you guys. Yeah, be able to welcome more people, and not have to turn too many. And then people you don't around. have to turn people around. Then they got to go to the ATM. Then you got to remember who it is. Then they mm. come up to the front, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just ran to the ATM, and it's like jammed up in there, and it's, like, mm. it's just a headache, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna be one thing. Uh, you know the contactless menus and stuff like that too you know oh that's, shit you know what's it the, with the qr code yeah the qr code oh just shit yeah i didn't yeah. even think about that so i know more people like the just the the folded menus but uh yeah there's different things i think other than that i think everything's pretty much going to go back to normal but i can still get to the bar bartender sh- shout my drink at her and stuff yeah yeah you can you can whatever you know um i i don't know it's going to be interesting i like i I don't know how things are going to work on, on yeah. Saturday yet. You are know? you nervous? Uh, no, I'm exci- I'm more excited than nervous. You know, um, I think we're almost sold. I think we only have one table left in the main room. Wow. Um, but I think uh, what we're doing is we're kind of just for the first night, we're kind of seeing how things play out. We're only doing six tables in the main room. Oh, okay. So two on the dance floor, two in the VIP booths, and yeah. then two on the side wall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can't overwhelm. Uh, yeah, we don't yeah. want to like go balls to the wall, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. We kind of want to ease into it. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I I, I hope like it's one of those things where I'm like I hope people put their money where their mouths are. Like mm. you've been talking all this shit. Oh, I want, can't wait for the, I need the clubs to be back where. If no it's comps. back, like yeah, no, no comps, comps, no deals, no comps. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I would just love to see like whether it's recaps or videos or stories where like I would love to see like every spot that is open like a line out the door. Like it's cool, 
Like, uh, I would really love to see that. Yeah, it's something where now people really appreciate, I think, appreciate the promoters, appreciate the DJs, I mean, like, n having no nightlife. Not even just, like, a little nightlife, having no nightlife. Like, damn, like, you know, and I, I'm telling people that are hitting me up. I'm like, listen, I appreciate, but I ain't comping you. You know, like, I'm not... Now you can support me. How you show me support is not by coming to the night, it's by paying at the door. Mm -hmm. If you can pay for your drinks and you can pay for this and you can pay for that, you can pay 20, 30 bucks at the door. Mm -hmm. And that's my support, you know, and I yeah. appreciate it. And I'll even go upstairs and buy you a drink, you know. But yeah. um, I think I think people are going to be busy. I don't know exactly what clubs are going to be opening. I know venues going to be open. Is Hava going to be open? Yeah. Hava's going to be open. They have space over at Hava, right? Uh, is Icon going to be open? Yeah, I don't think Icon is going to be open, but I yeah. think it's going to be I mean, it's venue. tough to, to staff all the spots. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, especially just like kind of like that. Yeah, it's thing. insane. Yeah. So. What, what, um, so, you know, venue or Entourage Saturday, you know, longest running Saturday in Boston, right? How, yep. how do you, how do you do that? What, what are some of the key things that need to happen to make lo that longevity happen in nightlife? It was actually, uh. It was actually just finding your right niche because venue, we started venue and it was like before we started, I think it was like a techno night or something. It wasn't mm -hmm. really like anything going on in there. And then uh, we were like, all right, we took over it um, and we were like, let's do, you know, top 40 open format main room and let's do EDM in the back room with uh carlo leone back in the day and main room was pretty decent back room not so good so then we were like all right let's change it from edm to reggae night and then there was a brawl every single reggae night you know what i mean in the mm -hmm. back room so we were like all right we gotta cut that and then we finally came with the Latin in the Latin room, and that's what that's what people want. They want the hip hop in the main room, and then the Latin in the Latin room. What year is this about when you made that shift to the Latin? To the Latin I would say of? probably around. Uh, huh, I don't know. Probably between like two thousand. Let's see how long have I been doing it? What year are we in? Twenty twenty one. I would say probably around like 2010-ish. Wow. You know, 2000, between 2010 and 2013. Yeah. Because cause Latin, like reggaeton as we know it now, you know, it's always been cool, but like if you knew, yeah. or if you were part of the culture, like I'm Latino, so like I, it's always been around me, but it's become mainstream only within the last three years maybe. So, you know, in 2010... You know, it it was still cool. You would know some of your Latin songs or whatever, but right. like to have a, a a room dedicated to it is is pretty progressive. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely it was definitely a work in progress. But once the word got out, uh, it kind of just always stuck, type of thing. Um, but yeah, it was it's it was a great move. It was it was one of the smartest decisions we've ever done. And, uh, you know, Vic heads the Latin room. Vic um, does that, the DJ bookings back there. I think we got Jera in the back mm -hmm. room this night. And it's not just, you know, reggaeton. It's, it's they got bachata. Yeah, they yeah, do merengue. Yeah, the they full do thing. All that. Like it's they real, do, real Latin. Yeah. I've seen, like, where it's, like, Latin night, and it's just, like, 
you know the the top forty line stuff that yeah. you could always expect, but like you know, so so actual Latinos are like, yeah, this isn't really it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta get a you gotta get a vibe. The in real for shit. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's what um, that's that's one of the niches that that was good that played well with us because Heck would do the DJ bookings and we'd do really good DJ bookings, but. You can't just have a good DJ in the main room because nobody's going to go in the Latin room. You have to have good DJs in the Latin room that play a mix of everything, too, yeah. as well. So, you know, with that came the wave of people. Some go in the main room. Some go in the Latin room. You know, some, you know, you'll see it. You know, if people don't want to, like, listen to what the DJ's playing in the main room, you'll kind of see the shift go into the Latin room. Right, right. And, you know, speaking of DJs, obviously there's always the promoter versus dj b for whatever it is yep whether it be on social media or actually one-on-one -on -one when you're trying to do these bookings and everything like that uh do you have just any general commentary towards dgs that might be listening um to this episode and how they should approach uh promoters getting more bookings and trying to get themselves out there yeah i mean i i see online that a lot of the the djs always say oh we don't need the promoters and things like that I mean, listen, at the end of the day, the promoter needs the DJ as much as the DJ needs the promoter. You know, only a few DJs get booked through owners. You know, it's 90% of the DJs that get booked are getting booked through promoters. And um, you got to... You got to know each other's worth. You know, the promoter mm. brings the people unless you have a a shysty promoter that expects the dj to promote and promote you know him and bring all these people but if you get a real promoter that knows what he's doing he's gonna have the party he needs the good music you know and and same thing you know the dj will come but you know you want to make sure you have a good promoter so you're playing music to people and right. you're getting your name out there because realistically the promoter's bringing you new clients that probably never ever heard you in your life and you're gonna build your clientele your base your following through these promoters that are bringing these people um so i i say that you know the promoters need the djs as much as the djs need the promoters and i i honestly see more djs talk shit about promoters then i see promoters talk shit about djs mm. and sometimes i'll chime in on facebook and be like listen you know this that, and the <laughs> other thing you know but yeah, yeah i don't really get into it because i know like i know what the deal is and people like know me and stuff but you know sometimes you gotta you gotta understand that these promoters and don't get me wrong there are some shitty promoters out there yeah that just expect to book a big name dj and it's gonna sell out like right. that without bringing anything to the table I'm not one of those, but you know, it's, it's kind of one hand washes the other type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you want a good DJ, you want a good promoter that equals a great party. Yeah. You know, and that's one of yeah, those and, things. And you saying that I was just thinking about, you know, our relationship and yeah, I'm like, you've never pressed me no. about promoting, you know, tables, guest lists, nothing. Like, like I'll hit you and be like, yeah, I got this. And you're like, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and and then but there's yeah the promoters are, I remember this one promoter uh, was like, you know, because as a DJ like I look at my uh, my calendar week to week right, so I'll post all the stuff I have for one weekend right. Um, you know, when that's done, I'll go to the next one, and and that's kind of how I go about it, which I think is pretty normal for like that's kind of how people think weekend yep. to weekend right. 
And I remember this this one promoter was like, yeah, like, I'm going to need promo on this, like, you know, three weeks out. Like, we really got to sell this out. And I'm like, yo, like, you're not the only gig I have. Like, I got to, what you're expecting for me, all these other promoters are expecting for their nights too that are happening tomorrow. Right. And in three days. Right, like, right, right. You're in three weeks. So, yeah. you know, and, and they're like, yo, come on, man. Like, And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, you know I, what I mean? I never, uh, I never stress the DJ over, you know, that's my job is to bring the people to the party. The DJ just adds to it, you know, if they have tables, if they have a following, they'll send me their names, they'll send me, but I'm never like, yo, where's your guest list? That's mm. all you have? Well, you don't mm. have no tables? Da -da -da, mm. You know, so. No. Unless it's a special event, like if it's like, okay, Snacks' birthday at venue, we got you on a flyer and we're blasting it and you don't have like a table or anything. I'm like, uh, Yo, <laughs> what was the give, point of the flyer yeah, then? Giving you all the hoorah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now I'm seeing why you've lasted this long because you, you're, you have a pretty straight head on. You make complete sense. Like, yeah. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> you know, that. <clears throat> I don't know. I've worked with some pretty shitty promoters too in my past and- I'm just like, listen, like if you're gonna be if you're gonna have longevity in this game, you gotta earn the respect of your peers. And me busting your balls about a guest list and a table when it's not really your job. Your job is to come in, set up, and provide a great music vibe of the night. You know, if you're not providing a great music vibe, trust me, you'll know. I'll yeah. come up to you and tell you, listen, I need this. I need that. I need you to get the fuck off the mic. You're talking on the mic too much, too much sound effects, shit like that. I'll tell you that. But at the end of the day, it's not me, you know, shitting on you. It's just me. Like I've, I've had this ear to the nightclubs for 15 years. I know what gets annoying and what doesn't. And nothing's more annoying than someone just always on the mic all night. You know, I think there's a, um, there's a, a part of it. And I understand people want shout outs and shit like that. You know, obviously you want the shout outs and shit. Uh, but your job is not to bring people. Your job is to provide a great vibe. My job is to bring people. Yeah. That's the job. You Absolutely. Know? No, I think that's all completely very, very well said. I think, it's in, it's interesting because the style of DJing of like talking on the mic a lot is is such a northeast thing, mm -hmm. like big you know New York uptown kind of thing. Because if you go to like LA, like none of the DJs talk on the mic, right? Like at all, right? And it, it's such a weird. I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to figure out exactly. I don't know if it's like a, you know, there's a lot of Caribbeans that live here. I don't know if like that's a, like has to do with it because that's a big thing in like you know Jamaican selecta yeah. type type styles and stuff. I think that might might be where it's coming, kind of rooting from. But like, anytime I like go West Coast, I'm like listen to you. I'm like don't hear a single shout out no. or anything. It's like really interesting. I think it's it's definitely like you said a New York feel. It's definitely like um you know the Power 105. Point, yeah, you like know? Funk Flex. Yeah, 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 yeah. the Hot Nine Sevens mm -hmm, and shit like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, you know it it's great. It's it can add a vibe, but then it just can get annoying. Like, all right, can you right. let the song play and just shut the fuck up? Yeah, like we want to hear music. We don't want to hear you talking all night. You know. If you had to build an ideal DJ, like attributes, like mm -hmm. let's say like five attributes that they have to have as a promoter, as someone who needs to make money off the night, you, you know, and, and that just kind of alleviates pressure or stress on you, what would that kind of DJ look like? Um, I would do it more not in terms of look like. I would do more of like a, a skill set, you know, definitely, you know, with the blending, the scratching, that's a main thing. Um and mic skills are obviously a good thing and and selection of music is huge you know it, if you you can rock with reggae 
reggaeton, hip hop, mix them all up in within a one night, you know, you'll have a great night. And I think that is goes well with the DJ. Uh, as far as building one, I I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to build one, but I would I would definitely like. You know, one thing I have to say is some some DJs really do well with their promotion of their brand, right? Um, and and they do well with what they do for how they do it. You build a brand and you kind of ride off of it, and you brand your nights with it. You can brand your clothing with it. You know, like for you, yours is like a pizza. Yeah, yeah. You we, know, what we I were mean? doing. We did a. Yeah, at, at drip like we would like on when i was there um we would do like the pizza party and yeah. stuff like that bring out pizza boxes for tables and stuff and like it was crazy it's like, it's dope you know yeah. you get the bottles with the pizza you know yeah, and, yeah. and that's one thing you know like you, you mentioned drip you know kind of going off the subject of the of the dj but you mentioned drip and drip was one thing that we built as a brand we didn't want any team logos we didn't mm. want anything like that. We just want to specifically drip, drip Fridays at Bijou. And that was it. No, no, um, dope, no two, three, five, no six, one, seven, nothing. Just we'll keep it right as drip. That's our brand. Like we did with the 400 at, at Cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. When we did the 400, the 400 was a brand that we built. So when you do a successful night, um, you kind of have to build it as a brand, just like DJs have to build their brand. You know, as a promoter, you have to build the brand. The 400 was awesome. You know, the 400 yeah, was... Yeah, it was before my time, but it was it was what I wanted. Like, yeah. when I was a young DJ, I was like, that's like that's a night I want to do. The 400, we, I mean, there's a little backstory of it, but then we kind of switched it because we were doing 400 every week in that spot at Cure. And... That became the 400. And then we had Funk Flesh there. We had Spin King there, you know, and all these DJs coming in. And it was it was a dope night. Um, then, you know, then we moved over to Bijou. We built Drip. And then Drip was crazy. You know, we got <sighs> Young Thug and MGK to come through. We got uh, A Boogie to come through. We got a bunch of guys yeah. come through Drip, you know. Yeah. So it's just... Both, you know, promoter and DJ. I guess this goes back to the promoter DJ thing. Each one has to build their brand separately mm. and differently. Yeah, promoters build it as a um, a night, and DJs build it as a person. You know, the four hundred. Where did that name or concept come from? Actually, Ezra thought about it, um, and it was like, it was like. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that one. I forget <laughs> yeah. about it, but it was, it was, it was like a backstory of it, of the 400, which was like back in the day, a special, um, invite only type of party. Mm. And that's how we initially started it because we initially did something at Abbey Lane, which was an invite only and only VIPs. Then we moved it from Abbey Lane, like as like a pregame dinner spot to the nightclub. It used to be like a dinner party that was like a special invite, but I'll get I'll get an answer for you on that. I forget Word. it because I do remember seeing it all the time again, being like young DJ coming up, and you know I wasn't there yet and everything. Um, so I was honestly just a question for myself. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's definitely some good young DJs too still coming up. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you've obviously established yourself as a main Boston rotation DJ. 
Uh, but I definitely see, I try to give some of the young DJs a chance out of smoke and flame mm-hmm. as like an opener for someone, you yeah. know, which is so, the way it should be. Yeah. And, and let them get their reps in. Cause you know, the fact of the matter is, is, and I'm grateful that I understood this at a young age is that everyone thinks they're ready for the big gig. Everyone, you know, mm. especially when you come from bedroom DJing, we're like, oh yeah, I, I imagine it in my head every time, every night I practice, like I'm ready. But like there is, there is though. There's those like things that you will never anticipate or that the emotions that you don't know are going to come in until they come in. Right. That will will keep you from doing what you like. Yeah. It's it's like fighting. It's like when you get in a bar fight, you think you know what you're going to (laughs) do until you're until you're in it. Until you get punched in the face. Yeah. exactly. And you see in stars and you're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? It's exactly like that. Yeah. And and so many, you know, oh, I can't like I should be getting booked like whatever. And I'm like, dude. You've never even done like a packed bar, right? How do you, you know, and in clubs, it's it's so much more high risk. Like, you know, the money that you can make or lose is way bigger. Yeah, you know what I mean. So things need to be perfectly aligned. To your point, brand branding, you know, the teams that are behind it, the the promotion, the DJ, everything has to be perfectly aligned for it to be a successful night. And nightlife is one of those things that, for longevity, from what I can understand, is like, sure, you can. You know, a bad night will happen, but a bad night that 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 chips away at that tree that is your identity, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. obviously you want to minimize those chips. Like I remember when I played baseball, it was never not necessarily who's the better team, but who messes up the least yeah. is the team that wins. That's a that's a good saying. You yeah. know what I mean? And 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 I think that can go with nightlife too. Like the fewer bad nights you have, or the fewer bad bookings you put in, the better you know you're going to go for a long well, time. Well, that's why I think venue has been such a staple in the city because there hasn't been that many bad. You know, like you get 500 people in there. There's no fights. Everybody's in there to have a good time, to have drinks, to buy some bottles, talk to some girls, you know, whatever. There's no fights. There's not a, any of that crap that happens, you know, that that people would, wouldn't want to come back with unless right. it was like, music wise or i get it you know when we do a big book and we do we do a a bigger cover you know we'll do a 40 dollar cover if we have ty dollar sign i get it a lot of people don't want to pay 40 dollars for the cover but you're paying for an experience you know you're partying in a nightclub with a celebrity and it's not every week that we're gonna jack juice the cover to 40 50 bucks you know Mm -hmm. so I think all in all, I think that's why venue has been so good because we've had such a strong knit team together. We've had strong DJs. You know, you've you've DJed venue, mm-hmm. dude. You know, if if you mess up or if you're not vibing to the crowd and you lose that vibe, that whole shift of that main room is is yeah. out. It's it's, you it's know? scary. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you always have to make sure you're on your p's and q's. Yeah, thousand percent. You know, you, you were mentioning, um, you know, different celebrities that you just have over the years. Um, do any uh, stories, good or bad, stand out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've had Ty. I think one of our most successful nights was when Ty Dolla Sign came in. In actually, at, B- at Bijou? No, at um at venue. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna take it back. <laughs> I think one of our most successful nights is when I booked Post Malone, and that was crazy. That was. I think that was at, I think it was booked at Cure originally. 
Oh my god! But we had so many people. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think Kier can that, handle. Yeah, that. we had so <laughs> so we had to move it to venue that night for the four. I think it was a four hundred booking. Yeah, so we booked Post Malone and we had um, Lil Wayne's DJ that night, mm. and uh, I think his T Lewis uh, is his name. And that night was crazy. That was you couldn't even move in there. And then Ty Dollar Sign was another night that was crazy. That was like mm-hmm. you couldn't even move in there. And honestly, I didn't even know Ty Dollar Sign. Like we booked him a few times, and like he's always been good. And we actually had him at um Bijou too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was his most recent joint. That's why I thought you were. Talking yeah, about. that's no. We had him at um we had him at venue, and then we booked him at Bijou and. I really didn't know he had such a huge following. I'm a huge Ty Dolla Sign fan. Dude, I, lo- I love he Ty has a huge yeah. like when we put the flyers up. It was like not. I mean, we also did great on promotion where we were flooding social media every every day. You seen a Ty Dolla Sign flyer, yeah, a different variation of it or right. a teaser of it or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've booked so many. We booked Kid Ink, Ice T, and Coco, and um, a Boogie. MGK and Young Thug. Who else do we have at? <laughs> who else do we have at Bijou? I'm trying to think. I think we definitely have more than that. Yeah, the Celtics and yeah, yeah the, t- tons of uh, uh, athletes. They're, they're pretty much cool though. Like when they come in, you know, they. I mean, like. <laughs> I go in, I walk them in, I say what up to them, I ask them if they're okay, they need their bottles, this and the other thing, get the waitress, and I kind of let them be. Like, I'm not up their ass, you know what I mean? Like, let me get a picture, let me do Mm -hmm. this, let me do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll get that shit later on. I'm not too worried about it. Um, uh, Another one that we booked, I think that was a a dope booking, was Tory Lanez, when we first got Tory Lanez, when he dropped that song, Everyone Falls in Love. Mm Mm-hmm. We got him and then and then uh twenty one savage. We got so yeah, there's some so there's you know, like I'm Jason Derulo, yeah. At Venny was a was a crazy night. Mm. And I didn't know he has a huge following <laughs> like that either. Because I couldn't even tell you the he last stays song young, that he like, cause yeah. he's big on TikTok. Like he's a TikTok god right now. Oh really? And like that's keeping him with the really, really young. Like so that's keeping him hella relevant for God knows how many more years. Yeah. So it's fun, you know, when you all right, it's fun, but it's stressful. Like when I'm handling this shit, I'm handling the money. I'm making sure that they're all right. You know, I'm making sure that the money's straight, you know, and then, you know, you usually have to give a half deposit and then the rest of the money when they come. And it's like, all right, you know, like it's stressful, you know, watching people and like making sure every single person pays, you know, because every single dollar counts right towards that back end fee. Right. And then they ain't leaving their sprinter until they get that back end fee. Mm. So the longer the back end fee takes, the less time they're gonna be in the club, the more wow. pissed off people are gonna be. You I, know, I didn't know that part. Yeah. So so that's that's you know it's it's fun when everything is all settled and the dust is settled all right it's fun all right now i can have a drink now i can take a shot now i'm not stressing but you know until that happens and until i think the artist has the money in hand because at the end of the day like we all you know have our own duties and we all can get you know whatever fees we get but we can always push our fees to the next week you know we don't have to get as long as we get the artist fee then it's it's fine you know but 
once the dust settles, then it's like, all right, dude, this was a fucking dope ass night. This mm-hmm. was fun, you know. This is this is what we fucking this is what we do, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's it's dope for the DJs too because the DJs get a dope vibe. Yeah. You know? Oh they yeah. Get to meet Anytime I've done a celebrity, like yeah, I did uh, Tory Lanez and Chris Brown in one night, and that shit was fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, like anytime I get a celebrity booking, I get super amped up. It, it's high pressure because um, you know it's going to be that much, that many mm-hmm. more people and, and everything like that. But, uh, oh, yeah, it's fucking insane. Um, it's, it's what you do. You know, this is what you kind of like what they say is this is what you live for. You know, yep. if you're a nightlife promoter, this, you know, you also you want your regular nights, but then you also want to invest in your night. And these are type of investments that, yeah, you're not making money that night. You probably break even. Mm. But at the end of the day, is it worth it? Yeah, you know, you get your pictures, you get this dude, you get the video, you get everything, you know, that, that people want, you know. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been, like, a like a, a celebrity cancels, like, last minute kind of thing and, like, oh, shit, we got a Audible or something? Um, that's a good question. I feel like there has, but uh, not, I, not really because most of the time you send them a deposit. So most of the time with the celebrities and like that money involved, I usually get everything in contract. So with with the big with the big DJ bookings, they all know me. I don't need a contract. Like yeah, like you're good. They know my money's good and everything. But when you're dealing with you know twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, thirty thousand, everything needs to be in contract. Yeah, that's where you get their rider and stuff like that. So if they cancel, then ninety percent of the time. Um, you'll get the money back. There hasn't been a time when I haven't got my money back. I can't think of anybody ever canceling on me. Um, there's di- Oh, yeah, Ray J. Yeah, Ray J canceled that cure. <laughs> Fucking Ray J? Yeah, yeah, Ray J. That was, <laughs> that was terrible. That was kind of like an alley-oop for someone that we booked him at Cure and shit like that, and he ended up canceling. Um, I ended up getting my money back, though. Actually, I don't even think I sent him a deposit, to be honest with you. Uh, that's mad funny <laughs> but J. other than that i mean it's <laughs> yeah the, these guys these guys all like uh they all want to go out dude they want to go make their money stay for an hour and make you know 20 30 grand dude mm-hmm. for a fucking after party where half the time we don't even ask for them to get on the mic you know they're just there they're just there partying and they're at their table and like sometimes you know sometimes i'll go up to them with the like the wireless mic like i'll go up to the right hand man or their manager and i'll be like yo yo get them to say what up boston or something and then i'll be like all right dj play you know play this play yeah, one of his songs record, you know yeah, like yeah. play a record real quick and like kind of like make it happen you know but uh yeah it's, they're pretty much mm-hmm. pretty good on that you know who's the the best celebrity i've ever like worked with was um bow wow really yo like he's so, got a versus coming up oh does he re- with who soldier boy oh that's fire oh <laughs> yeah. i gotta see that that's yeah. fire. i didn't know that yeah um but he was someone that uh we did at uh bijou oh yeah um like however like while ago. Years i ago. actually remember yeah, that yeah. flyer yeah 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 it and, just popped up in my head yeah and so i was on that and uh He's such a good like cause he because he wants to be on the mic. Yeah, he wants the attention on yeah. him. So he's like, "Yo, DJ, play that record, like whatever, like whatever." And then does the full performance, like standing on the fucking sofa, girls grabbing at his fucking legs. That's how Ty Dolla like, was though. That's how Ty Dolla. Ty Dolla, I'd have to say, was probably one of the one of the best ones that mm-hmm. we've had. And I loved, and I loved, like the whole time I was just watching him, 
and I'm like, wow, like this makes it where like that forty fifty dollar cover is worth it, like because mm-hmm. you feel like them interact, they're entertaining, like because yeah, I've also seen the, the things where it's just them with sunglasses on, just like kind of bobbing Nothing. around, and it's, yeah. it's just like okay, like I'm in the same room with them, I guess it's cool, like yeah, you know what I mean. There's nothing there. That's why I always try to get them on the mic, but yeah, I think Ty Dollar was probably one of the best ones where we've had, and he was just give me the mic, grabs the mic, love that. Yeah, that's that's fucking amazing. Um, what you know. If, if since the pandemic didn't stop you, what do you think is going to be the thing that maybe has you kind of hang up the gloves? I don't know. I mean, I kind of enjoyed my weekends. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Now that they're coming back, I'm like, damn, you know, I kind of feel that way too. You know, I, enjoyed I had a couple it. like weekends, like just recently where I'm like, okay, we're kind of getting back and I'm like, God damn, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I don't know. I think what's going to stop me is when, you know, people kind of, when I've seen my day. You know, and people kind of stop hitting me up and I see where my value is in Boston nightlife, you know, uh, things don't go forever, you you know, but I think uh, the most important thing is, is being out at the nights, being out visible, being so people that see is something you, you do well, you know what I mean? And I'm out, even if it's not my night, I'm out, you know, you checking out other spots, showing other DJs love, showing other promoters love and stuff like that whether I'm getting a table or not, um, there's the visual aspect of being out keeps you in touch with the people that still go out. Yeah. Um, once you stop going out, you lose that touch with the people. For sure. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. And and you said in the very beginning of the, of the episode, like the out of sight, out of mind thing, that's something that I really, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways I took out of COVID. Yeah. Um, where like I seen so many DJs fall the fuck off. Promoters too. Promoters. Where, where I mean, this is where you'll see what promoters washed up or not. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. This is where you're going to. Yeah. Same thing with DJs. See. Like, yeah. like, I just don't understand how you can live in a world where you're like, yeah, I didn't do anything for a year, but I expect the same, like, demand or yeah. like the same you know everyone hollering at me like as if I, i've been doing shit you know what i mean it's different because other djs did like i know i try to keep you busy i try to keep you know hectic yeah. and everybody else busy the normal ones that are but there i seen some other djs out there hustling and bustling you know and yeah. i'm like all right like there's this kid um dj hills yeah hills. hills i was just with him this weekend so like i Good was kid. like all right i got him to open up he's one of the kids that i was like all right he's pretty fucking good yeah i was like all right that could be someone that could get in the rotation i don't know if he's ready for a full night yet but he's definitely dope for a opener and giving him some love you know and and that's what it is as someone who because you know there was a time where i was strictly just and i was like i was resident open for like stams and tut and like you know and those are my homies and and i knew i wasn't ready but like that's what i mean like you can't expect to crush uh, like a headlining set when you've never seen mm-hmm. a headlining set. Yeah. So I would just be, you know, I would open, do my thing, you know, do it's pretty safe. Not a lot of people there. And then just watch what they do. How do they carry a night? What, what do people do? How do they react to these songs? Oh, dreams and nightmares is really good at one thirty, but it's mm-hmm. not that great at ten thirty. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like stuff like that. And, uh, people want to fucking skip the opening phase. And I'm like, bro, you fucking need it. Like, no, yeah, you, you need, need you learn so much through an opening phase i don't uh i don't really feel comfortable with a dj unless they go through an opening phase with me like yeah, i mean obviously i like I, I know like you i know the snacks i know the stams cisco's hectics and shit like that but other than that like the the younger kids that you want to give a chance to you have to go through that opening you have to be an opener like that's uh, 
I completely agree. Just like being a promoter, you have to start as a sub promoter. Mm. You can't just be a head of a of a nightclub when you've you know never I mean? seen when you don't even know how a guest list works. Changing you know? dollars, guest list, paying people out, yeah. talking to people. You all start. Yeah. You got to start somewhere, and that, and I think the perfect example is is like a promoter. You start as a sub promoter, and then you work your way up, and then once you work your way up, and you understand logistics of a night and how to run a night, you start getting a following. That's the same thing with. Absolutely. DJ, you, yeah. you understand the logistics of spinning music. What works good at this time? What works good at that time? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, people realize that there's more similarities between promoters and DJs than uh, most people would think. Right, right. Yeah. For sure. Where can people reach you? Where, when, the, when, now that venue's open, Smoking Flame Thursday? Yeah, where, just where are people hitting you up? Just uh, mainly you can hit me up on my IG at Riz, R I Z Z, Boston. That's my IG. Um, I don't really use Twitter that much. I respond to all my DMs and everything like that. That's where mostly most of my people come from is is IG. I have a pretty mm -hmm. decent following on IG. Um, so, yeah, you can hit me up there. Uh, you can always hit me up on my phone. I have my phone number on my IG page, too. So Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Riz is the guy to, to talk to. He's been the guy to talk to all, all COVID. Continuing uh, Longest Running Saturday in boston let's get it and uh you know i'm excited to see what happens when when this like i said when this episode drops it would have already happened yeah i you know we, we might sound stupid it might be horrible who knows yeah no, <laughs> right, shit. it's like the whole <laughs> the whole world caught on fire we don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. um but you know good luck to you on saturday thank you man thank you um and you know let's have an amazing year yeah let's do it i'll have to uh talk to you about a date too. get Dude, you back course. up to uh smoke and flame yeah yeah absolutely for sure um so everybody check out riz uh support him pay the cover show him love um and you know follow him at riz boston follow at dope entertainment official follow, follow but i know the dj follow me i give me snacks riz we appreciate you having on for coming on yeah thank you thank you for having me uh we make sure everybody pulls up two lit thursdays entourage saturdays at venue uh if you know snacks <laughs> just uh mention his name at the door i hope you skip the line <laughs> <laughs> better believe it we'll see you guys next time thank you yeah